So I've just been hit with a tax bill. So they've taken like 1,500 quid off my salary this month for tax that I haven't even earned yet. It's for this year on account. I don't get it. I don't get how they're taking money for a tax year that is still in progress. How does that work? Who knows? The HMRC work in mysterious ways. They just <laughs> they just come up with a figure and they try to deduct it and they hope that, you know, Mr. Earning, like, you know, six, oh. seven figures a year just doesn't notice it. They've got a magic eight ball. They, they just shake it and a name comes up. <laughs> Do you know what? It really does feel like that sometimes. You're listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are joining us. And welcome to episode 90-ish of the Host <laughs> Unknown <laughs> Podcast. Episode 90. Episode 90-ish. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so if I am a little sullen today, it's because I got a downer on HMRC. I, oh, God, I can't believe them. I can't. How do they take money for the same year that you're currently in when actually... You have to do a tax return, and then they're supposed to take the money. What's that all about? <laughs> this is like to... uh, yeah, this is just easing you into it gently, because you know what that that fifteen hundred they're taking now is nothing compared to what's coming when well, you do your tax return. Well, they're taking it for the next two months as well, apparently. Ah, <laughs> oh, it it's it's uh, you know, man's got Apple products to buy. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go cold turkey for three months. It's it's not good. It's not good. Oh. Anyway, Jav, how are you? Good. Uh, well, I say good. Recovering from the Rona, I should say. Yeah. Uh, I, I I got it last weekend, and uh, it's it's not been so bad. Um, it's been a uh, you know it's not been full on man flu levels. Yeah. It's been uh, a step below that, but uh, the the whole family have got it. So the, the missus, for the first time in her life, she's experiencing what kind of like what a man flu is like. So she's like completely yeah. knocked out. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the kids are just having a, a field day at home, binge watching Disney. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's been good. If if I can make one suggestion, I suggest you cough every now and then because I understand people from your workplace listen to this podcast. So you just need to like, <coughs> oh, sorry, I feel a bit weak now. Can't you add, isn't the, it, add it in post? Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, isn't it an American company you work for, Jeff? I do because they take sick days like holiday days, right? They get a certain allowance that they're expected to take. Yeah. So yeah. our company actually has in in America, not not in Europe, because the the contracts are are different. But in America, they get unlimited PTO. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is yeah PTO. There we go. Okay. Well, so in 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 between bouts of uh, of you dying, Jav, and coughing occasionally, um, Andy, how are you? Uh, good. I have uh, made a discovery this week, which I am surprised about, and I am feeling, and I'm hoping you're not hearing it, uh, this, my fan in the office. Is this Today I Learned or something? Uh, yeah, sort of. And it actually did come from a Reddit thread. Uh, yeah. Which I saw. Uh, so ceiling fans have a switch on them, which allow you to change the direction of the airflow. Yes. And so... In winter, you're supposed to uh, set it one direction so it sucks the heat up and circulates it around the room. Uh, and in summer, you switch it to the other direction so it blows the cold air down. And uh, no, I the other way ne- around. Hot air rises. Well, whatever, whichever direction. I'm actually <laughs> feeling 
cold air for like you know an actual nice draft on my head for the first time since I installed this in November 2020. And you're wondering what the hell you put a fan in when you're constantly hot when it's running. Yeah, exactly. Well, I just thought it was good. Like, it just didn't seem to be doing as much as I hoped it would. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, New World opened. It's like, wow. Is this, did you come across the manual or something? Uh, no. So, so I heard, like I said, I heard it on this Reddit thread. Uh, and I say heard it because I listened to today. I learned like a collection of them. Uh, you listened than, to Reddit? Yeah, rather than read it. And, um, is it in the smashing security robot voice? <laughs> it is. It actually is. It is. Yeah, it's all uh, automated. And then, um, yeah, it was uh, yeah a complete iron opener. And then I thought, hey, I'm saying, let me have a look. So I had no uh, switches on the side, and I took the light cover off, and lo and behold, underneath the light cover, there's a switch. I was like, oh, says, let me winter, try that. Summer. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, it's not labelled, but uh, yeah, I'm like, wow, stuff is actually blowing around on my desk now. Yeah. <laughs> all, that, that, all that talcum powder being sprayed yeah. everywhere. <laughs> I, I laugh, but this exact same thing happened to me. Uh, we, we had this... <laughs> We had a, a bedroom fan, and for two years, my wife was like, this does not work. It's not cool. It's a really nice one. It's like one of those really fancy two-blade ones. It's like It looks like a an old propeller from an aeroplane, so I thought it looked really nice, but this doesn't work. This doesn't work. And after two years, she's like, that's it. You're getting rid of it. And I was like, hold on a second. I've read something about this. <laughs> an exact same thing happened. Went up, turned it on, and she was like, she could have killed me right there. <laughs> <laughs> I just stick with the Dyson ones. They do. They 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 sense what the temperature is. Uh, and they do what they're supposed to do. You know. Oh dear. The, the wow. Air blade wow. or the, the bladeless air blade, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Air blade. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So much better. Anyway, welcome to the Host Unknown podcast for all of your fan and cooling needs uh, during the <laughs> winter and summer months. Uh, yeah, so uh, for me, I, all I've been doing is working on a spreadsheet and using a calculator to work out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing with HMRC. So, uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a bit of a pain in the bum this week. <laughs> uh, so, what have we got coming up for you today? Well, this week in Infosec sounds like it was pulled together two minutes before we started recording. Uh, I reckon 20, because I know how much we chat beforehand. Uh, Rant of the Week is a story about a tax authority watching every step you take like bloody sting from the police. Billy Big Balls is an OSINT story, which looks like it's going to land two people in deep poop. Industry News brings us the latest and greatest security news stories from around the world. And Tweet of the Week has an analogy for you. Let's move on to this week's. This week in InfoSec. I'm glad that worked because I realised we didn't even test whether the jingles were working before. Uh, uh, you're right. Today. <laughs> it's, uh, but I it did. is. Oh, I you did, did test, yeah. Yeah, but the problem is you can always hear it. We're the ones that can't. Well, true, <laughs> true. But whatever. So it is that part of the show where we take a stroll down InfoSec memory lane with content scoured from many sources across the internet. Uh, 
So it's not so I catchy th- as liberated from today in infrastructure. It's not, account. but do you know what? That Stephen needs to pull his finger out. Is all I'm saying. The right, you know, has, the well has run dry. It has. It's it's like he's lost the motivation to um, to save me from doing some work. Um, <laughs> it's just not good enough. Anyway, there was far too much to try and get into this week. So um, instead of serving you a main meal, I'm going to bring out sort of various hors d'oeuvre just so you can get a little taster. Hors d'oeuvre. Hors. Hors d'oeuvre. I'm going to bring you some hors, Tom. (laughs) Uh, uh, As long as they're d'oeuvre, I don't mind, but hors (laughs) d'oeuvre. Just so you can get a little taster. Now, there's various stories I could have talked about, but I did settle. So I could have said, you know, 38 years ago, on the 24th of January, Apple Computer Inc. launched the Macintosh computer uh, with a live demo. Or I could have gone 24 years ago to the 27th of January, 1994, when Jim Clark left Silicon Graphics to start Mosaic Communications. Um, and Mosaic obviously later became Netscape Communications, and their first product was subsequently named Netscape Navigator, uh, which was the biggest browser you would have found online in the uh, late 90s. Uh, But I could have even gone 26 years earlier to the first version of the Java programming language when that was released, Um, you know, with the ability of Java to write once, run anywhere. Uh, to make it ideal for internet-based applications. And as we know that over the years, there have been many Java vulnerabilities we could have talked about. But instead, I am going to take you back just a mere 11 years ago to the 26th of January, 2011, when Facebook enabled HTTPS. So you could share wow. content, you could share photos without being without your session being hijacked. Um, and this was actually big news. Um, you know, eleven years ago. <laughs> That's oh my god, <laughs> eleven years ago. Honest, but I think that was around the time it was when uh, what is it, Fire Sheep? The the extension yes, got popular. exactly that. Yeah, yeah, coffee shops and stuff like that was a big, yeah. big. Well, yeah, going to coffee shops, use the wi- uh, Wi Fi, and just yeah, basically watch people on Facebook. Yeah, see what they're talking and, about, and, and the pone apple. Yeah, that was that's the oh the Wi-Fi pineapple. Yeah, that was uh, if you're too lazy to um, download Fire Sheep and and it's like yeah. a what's a browser? It's just an extension to your browser. Yeah, it I think particularly it, difficult. It's either Chrome or a uh, something browser. But Firefox. That Firefox. That's the yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. So, Hence Fire again. Sheep. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, so just 11 years ago, and it, that was actually headline news that a site was going to run HTTPS. Can you believe? And nowadays it's a, wait, what? This site doesn't support HTTPS. I'm not yeah. using that. It's Yeah, this is a dodgy site. Um, for the second story, I'm going to take us back just a decade when the, and I can't believe this even happened. This was such a crazy time. Uh, it was around the 19th of January, 2012, when it originally happened, but then it, it did kind of go on for the following weeks when the feds shuttered mega upload and arrested mm. executives. Um, and if you recall mega upload, it was like the biggest, it was basically like a web-based pirate bay um, in that you didn't need any special software. This is where you got all your wares and your, your pirated software. Um, 
and it was run by a guy called Kim.com. Yes. Who, like, his lifestyle, like, the stories that have come out around that, and he's been referenced as, like, the Dr. Evil of the file-sharing world, <laughs> and, you know, helicopters and just crazy, like, high-end cars, models, and basically, like, the the most cliche Bond villain that you could possibly ever come across. You know he's a bad one when you see photos of him wearing a beret unironically. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, that was only 10 years ago that Kim.com sort of dominated headlines. Um, And that was in New Zealand he was caught, wasn't it, or something like that? Yeah. He was there. He dragged it out for a long time. He made a real spectacle out of it. Yeah. Well, you would. I mean, you you want to avoid getting arrested, right? (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I, I think um, one of the things that Mega upload, and I might be getting this wrong, but I believe what they've done is if you uploaded a file onto it, it it checked to see if that file already existed. Yeah. In which was... case, it only gave you a link to that one file. It didn't let you duplicate that file. So if you got a takedown notice, they only removed that one link. Yeah, they did some clever stuff. There, there yeah. was some sort of this is the loophole type. I mean, ultimately, right, what they were doing was wrong. Right? I think we can yeah. all agree that. Yeah. yeah, you know, but it's just taking advantage of loopholes, right? Which is, um, yeah, good, good, uh, good guy. But again, this is like to me, this is all recent times, right? Good guy. And, well, you know, I mean, it's so oh, he's a bit of a character. It's not yeah. like he's 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 out there murdering, right? He's, his mother loves him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Look, looks after his mum. That lad. Um, but I will, you know, for the, the for the purists who are actually looking for like a proper in depth, um, you know, sort of internet security story, uh, it was 19 years ago on the 25th of January 2003 when a new worm took the internet by storm. Um, infecting servers running Microsoft SQL. And the worm became known as the SQL Slammer Worm, which eventually Mm -hmm. became the fastest spreading worm ever and helped change the way Microsoft approached the security. Um, They completely, they they almost overnight, I say overnight, but they built a a security team and security uh, program with proper goals and everything. Everything changed, didn't it? It was a huge, and Jav actually shared this story um, on the group chat earlier this week. It was um, a really excellent write-up from David Litchfield. Um, it was written in 2010, but how you know him and his team saw this coming. It's called the Inside Story of SQL Slammer, and or SQL Slammer, and it's it links in the show notes. It's just a really interesting thing. It's like it takes you know maybe seven minutes to read it. Um, but just from on the ground, you know, this person saw it coming. They'd previously done an engagement where they'd theoretically tried to make this happen on a network. Um, and now, you know, he's one of the responders to it. It's just a really good write-up, which I highly recommend reading. Mm. Excellent. Nice one. Thank you very much, Andy, for this week's... This week in InfoSource. It doesn't matter if the judges were drinking. Host Unknown was still awarded Europe's most entertaining content status. And now it's time for... Listen up! Rant of the Week. It's time to mother rage! It falls to me. This one will come as no surprise. Uh, 
especially given my current situation, court papers indicate that text messages from HMRC's 60886 number could snoop on British taxpayers' locations. So, just bear this in mind. So, the, the HMRC... Sorry, I meant to say the HMRC. Um, the Tax Collection Agency. They are an agency that is actually allowed to retrospectively change the law as regard tax. So what was, you know, just to put this into perspective, the type of agency we're dealing with, what was legal for you to do with your taxes last year and the year before that, they could change and say that's no longer legal. You now owe us tax for last year and all the years before that. Just saying, you know, that tells you quite how this this organisation works. So this uh, HMRC, the Tax Collection Agency, they asked a contractor to use the SS7 mobile phone signaling protocol. And what the SS7 mobile phone signaling protocol does, it's called signaling system number seven, is it detects where messages were received. Uh, and the technique is therefore known as the home location register. These are all TLAs that basically say we can find out where you actually are. Now, the reason why this has sort of popped out is that apparently the uh, third party that HMRC was using to send text messages to tax defaulters, which in of itself, you can understand if someone's not paying the, the, the correct amount of tax, the HMRC would send reminders, you know, you owe us this amount of money, etc. What they didn't say was that they were also tracing where you were when you received that. Diabolical. It is. Without telling you that that's what they were doing or without actually stating somewhere that that's what they were doing or even without claiming a legal basis or court orders uh, to uh, state that they can do this. Uh, the reason this came out was because they fell out with their um, their SMS provider, uh, who they they uh, the HMRC awarded the contract to a to a rival um, mobile phone organisation, um, and the original organisation um, are suing HMRC, and it turns out that in the contract uh, with um, with HMRC very clearly said that the agency had asked for the capability of doing more than merely verifying that tax demands sent by text have been delivered. So it's one thing to say, we know that this message has been delivered, therefore it's the equivalent of you know getting a signature on a letter or whatever, which may be useful in court later on. They had this statement uh, or these requirements in their contract, which is location and service pro provider information associated with the recipient. This could be as little as the network provider of the recipient, which would save us a stage in our investigative process, thanks to numbers being ported between networks. It could, could go as far as the location details of the recipient handset when the SMS delivery route is queried via the C7 or SS7 signaling protocol. The provision of SMS services will not be over the PSN. So this is saying that HMRC were setting themselves up to get this data without any kind of uh, legal basis. The other side of this as well is when they decided to go to a different company, the actual 60886 number that HMRC had said to a lot of uh, people, 
if you get a text from this number, you know it's from HMRC and therefore it's safe. Well, that number was actually the was actually the property of their third party. So when they changed their provider, they could no longer use the 60886 number, meaning that people were then receiving HMRC uh, texts from numbers that in the past HMRC had said, ignore them unless it's from this number. <laughs> so overall, this is just an utter, utter shoddy, uh, you were going to say shit show, weren't you? Oh, shit show. This is <laughs> yeah. an utter, utter shit show. Sorry, thank you. Awful, awful. An organisation uh, paid for by the taxpayers that is, one, messing us around and illegally tracking us. And goodness knows what this data, the, the, the report doesn't go into where this data resides, how it yeah. was used, if it was used. Um, under what you know, how it's attached to our tax records, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because this, this, um, uh, and I'm looking for this in the in the uh, document. I believe it can also track where your phone has been for the previous five years. Is it something like Six that? Six years. Six years. Yeah. This, this data that this text message can provide will show where you've been for up to six years, which is an appalling invasion of privacy absolutely appalling so yes so i'm i'm on a double downer with hmrc now i know hmrc if you're if you're listening and you are looking to redress the balance you can do so by sponsoring this show <laughs> uh, but nonetheless i mean uh, i'm as as if my view of the hmrc this week isn't bad enough this just takes the biscuit utterly that appalling. it's just appalling and you know what it's it, it's it's wrong on so many levels, obviously the privacy and everything. But then this is the point that people say, like, sometimes they get hounded for like 50 pence or 20 pence yeah. and they get sent a letter and they're like, the stamp cost more than that. Mm. Uh, and, and this is just a prime example, switching providers, not having the number, having to probably send out all these communications again about yeah. how it's different. Utter waste. Uh, it, it reminds me of the Michael McIntyre joke. He goes like, anytime you, someone's mugged, um, the CCTV footage is proper grainy. Yeah. It's like you can't make out anything. <laughs> Yet if you go in the bus lane when you're driving, it's 4K, full HD, like, you know. Yeah. So he goes, if you're ever being chased by a mugger, run into the bus lane. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I think if, if you ever get a threatening text anonymous and the police can't help, just leave an anonymous tip with HMRC saying, this phone number has underpaid taxes. Yeah. They will know where they've been for the last six years, and they will hunt them down and get yeah. them. Yeah, it's uh. it's like they they told me over the phone this. They can actually they have up to seven years to claim back tax that they feel they may have missed. Seven years. When you get a tax demand, you get anywhere from immediate to up to twelve months to pay it. Jesus! Look at that balance of power there. Yes. Yeah. Up seven years ago, you could have made a mistake on a on a tax, or the law. They could have changed the law retrospectively and say, "Oh, well, no. Now you owe us this amount." So I, I'll oh. tell you a quick tip, though, and this worked for me many years ago. <laughs> okay. I'm taking this with, uh, with a pinch of salt. Yeah, no, no, no. Experience I, with HMRC, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. I've got a bit of experience, and like you know, okay. in a couple of occasions, it's not worked out. But there's one time that I was hundred percent in the right. And they were not 
um, you know, responding to my messages, they they were going on about how they I owed them money, and I was like, well, you owe me a rebate first, which is more than what that is. So why don't you just deduct it from that yeah, yeah. and give it to me? They were like, no, 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 you need. So HMRC stands for Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs. So I went straight to the top and I wrote a letter to Buckingham Palace. <laughs> Addressed, you... I, 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 God's honest truth. I, 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 I wrote a letter to the Queen saying that. Uh, I've got many issues with this, that the other, I'm a loyal subject of yours. Uh, how could you ever let someone, an organization that uses your name, Her Majesty, treat subjects like that? Within three days, I got a phone call from someone at HMRC who sounded quite senior saying... Just, just called Liz. Yeah. <laughs> Some no, lady no. called Liz. Yeah, no. Is so, that Javad Malik? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Someone at HMRC. And I explained the situation to him. And he goes, okay, and, and he amended the file and it got sorted out. <laughs> oh, my God, seriously? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got well, a letter back from Buckingham Palace as well, and like it was like, oh, we've we forwarded it on and sorry to hear about the troubles. Did, or did, you get, did you get a signed photo and a sticker as well? I didn't, no, <laughs> no. <Said> like, <laughs> oh, man, well, that's taken the anger out of this rant, <laughs> which is probably a good thing. Probably a good thing. Anyway, that was this week's Rant of the Week. This is the Host Unknown Podcast, the couch potato of InfoSec Broadcasting. And talking of potatoes, here's Javad and this week's Oh, yes, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? A rounded up Jav just sitting there waiting for for the inevitable. Honestly, I I felt like as slow as Herb Dean trying to like <laughs> wonder whether I should stop a fight or not. So it's um no, it's not uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Billy Big Balls, I'm distracted because I'm actually reading the story, trying to get trying to summarize it into a succinct point. But okay, <laughs> there's a a website called Poop Senders that have been around for. Uh, a number of years and if you can't tell by the name it's a website that lets you anonymously send fake poop to people who you don't like <laughs> so uh, it's uh it's terrible apparently the site's been around since 2007 and um they 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 pride themselves on anonymity and nothing getting back to you so say like Andy, if you wanted to send some poop to to Tom, you just pay them the money. You can pay in cash or or whatever. I, I think it's only in the US, but yeah. But you know, if I when I send poop to Tom, I do it like you know, like Game of Thrones. Like tell Cersei it was me. To the courier, tell Langford it was me. <laughs> I I can tell it's you because it smells sweet like Haribo. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Uh, yeah, we didn't. We didn't think we we're gonna to have to edit this week. <laughs> oh dear! Right. Many victims over the years have been targeted by anonymous poop packages since two thousand seven. Even though the uh, website says don't use it as uh, forms of intimidation or harassment or anything it's just for practical jokes 
which is like the, the GitHub equivalent of when people say this phishing software is for educational purposes only. <laughs> we are not held responsible for yeah. anything you do with it. Um, so, um, you know, it, it smells bad. It looks quite realistic. Uh, some people feel like it might be the, uh, the, the real thing. Anyway, after many, many years, many, many years, uh, there's a new legal proceedings, uh, the United States of America versus poopsenders.com. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, have they not got anything better to do? <laughs> well, like HMRC, they like going after the big fish. <laughs> so, <laughs> What, the big brown no-eyed fish? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they've now named two men who they believe uh, may be possible, uh, may be linked to it. Uh, and... Did they identify them through DNA testing? No. <laughs> um, so for for years, the two uh, there's two men, John Santos, Santonas. There's John and John uh, and his son, John. John Jr. <laughs> John Jr. Exactly. John Senior and John Jr. Yeah, exactly. So, Santonastaso. Uh, Santanastaso, yeah. yes. And his son, John Edward Santanastaso. <laughs> anyway, the two John men Edwards were... what? Uh, anyway, for years, the two <laughs> men were linked to an LLC called JD Infinity, incorporated under Senior's home address in a, in a cul-de-sac in Pittsburgh. Uh, the company has no website and no online footprint, but now public sh records show... And this is a great th thing. It received two payment protection program payments for a total of $43,000 from the first COVID-19 relief bill. Oh, that sucks. money, plus the interest accrued, was completely forgotten. Two jobs were listed in JD Infinity's PPP application, which may or may not have involved sending fake shit through the mail. <laughs> Man, so, it, so until they attempted to claim money during COVID, yeah, for a loss of business, they were completely off the radar. Yes, yes. I I don't know if you've seen the film uh, American Gangster. It's with um, oh, a long time ago. That was Russell Crowe and Denzel Washington, and yeah, and Denzel's like this big time drug dealer, but he's really under the radar. No one knows who he is, and he gets invited to a boxing match. And his wife gets him this massive, like, fancy, like, fur coat and hat to go. And he's always played it low-key, <laughs> low-key. But she's like, oh, no, no. like, And just by going there, wearing that, sitting in the front row, he catches the eyes of the feds. And then yeah. they start launching a massive investigation into him. So it's just, it's always these small things. People slip up for a second. And all of a sudden, it just pings out. And it might feel like nothing, but... That's that's the thread that you pull on, and the whole Christmas jumper starts unraveling. So it's uh... so yeah. So this is actually because um, I'm trying to think. It's not like they are, I guess, a business which had customers that walked through the door that you know really was affected by the pandemic, right? This mm. is a mail order business, so yeah. But people people have got you know other things on their mind, right? Rather than sending poop. So if that they, I'm looking at their website now. So they do have a website, um, and in fact, you can. No, I think the the registered entity didn't have a website. Oh, yeah, oh I see. Right. I, yeah. Oh, I understand. Okay, but nonetheless, you know that if if business went down, this is a you might say, you know, crass and really unpleasant business, but it's a legal business. 
uh, and it and it builds a you know uh, creates a living for its owners. If business goes down because of COVID, then they're in their right to surely ask for COVID relief in the same way that any other business is. Just because you don't like the product. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm just wondering whether or not they did suffer from. Well, I guess yeah. that's down to the COVID relief program requiring evidence of such. Mm. you know but but i mean they've got quite the broad range of products i have to say i mean you can send cow dung elephant crap gorilla poop a combo pack (laughs) you can send a mega pack with tiny candy hearts which is on special (laughs) offer right now limited time offer i wonder if that's because they're uh, anticipating being shut down and do you know what uh, i guess what is interesting here is that there's no nothing to actually say i think jav you've been saying that it's fake poop but there's i'm not seeing that anywhere it's under the faqs apparently like is it real when they're like is it real poop yeah, yeah only the mad scientist that packs his stuff in the back room knows for sure and he wouldn't tell us but we do know this it really smells bad back there he is mixing up shit and he does visit the local dairy farm and zoo about twice a week. We also don't want the delivery company to actually know what kind of shit they're delivering. We can assure you that it looks nasty and really stinks. It will get the point across to your intended victim. See, to me, is it real poop? That's a yes or no question. <laughs> that's a lot of yeah, words. Yeah, that's right. That's a, well, I guess they can't legally say that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the whole thing. You know, but... Um, if they're breaking laws, they should be shut down. If they're not breaking laws... More power to them. Well, yeah. I mean, there's obviously some kind of weird demand for this. Well, it's, what, it's... being able to anonymously send shit to people you don't like? Yeah, I know. <laughs> what What's the weird demand in there? <laughs> oh, how are we going to sell this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's... Oh, wow. Wow. So Tom at the moment is looking up like, you know, can you send shit to <laughs> HMRC Wales, <laughs> PO Box <laughs> 9043? Do you send internationally? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Jav, for this week's Billy Big Balls of the Week. We are officially the most entertaining content amongst our peers. So, Andy, what time is love? It's that time. What time is love? Love. Yeah, it's that time of the show where we head over to our InfoSec PA Newswire, who have been very busy bringing us the latest and greatest security news from around the globe. Industry News. Merck wins 1.4 billion not petcha payout from insurer. Industry news. Cyber Essentials overhauled for new hybrid working era. Industry news. Experts call for more open security culture after VW sacking. Industry news. IMED fined $600,000 over data breach. Industry news. Government trials effort to make bug scanning easier. Industry news. Best cybersecurity research paper revealed. Industry news. North Korea loses internet in suspected cyber attack. Careless. Industry news. Florida considers deepfake ban. 
Industry News. IT and DevOps staff more likely to click on phishing links. Industry News. And that was this week's... Industry News. Huge. I see, Jav, your cursor went straight onto the uh, best cybersecurity research paper revealed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, was it? Was it? Was it? No. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> bullshit. Uh, the research paper actually written by HMRC on, on vulnerabilities <laughs> in text messaging. <laughs> <laughs> Tracking people for fun and profit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> so who wrote it? Was it NASA? No, it is by <laughs> Yan Yi Lu from Cornell University and Raphael Pass, Professor of Computer Sciences at Cornell Tech. It expounded a theorem that relates to the existence of one-way functions, OWFs, to a measurement of the complexity of a string of text. Okay, that doesn't sound like the best cybersecurity research paper, but the most complex (laughs) cybersecurity. Surely the best one is the one that everybody reads, understands, and puts into action straight away. I think what will give this a slightly more credit than some of the other awards that are out in the industry is that it's the NSA, the National Security Agency, who are the judges of this competition. These are the ones that the NSA, the the agency that's been hacked and had all of the tools that they use released mm. into the public domain. Yes, it's, the those, it's those guys, right? The, okay. incor- yes. the incorruptible NSA uh, yeah. who kill people based on metadata. Yeah. So just obviously, I mean, this is clearly a very easy way for them to uh, receive inbound theories, right? <laughs> based on, uh, <laughs> I'm reading this is the ninth time they've held this award as well. This is the ninth annual best cybersecurity research paper competition. Is that because they've had nine pieces of bad news that they've wanted to kind of, you know, <laughs> distract up. people from? Yeah. Oh my God! This is this is just blown up. Quick, let's hold an awards ceremony. <laughs> Do you think if you go back five, six years, you're going to find some papers that they're called something else, but they describe eternal blue in almost like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everlasting red. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm looking at the uh, Florida seeking to outlaw the malicious distribution of sexually explicit images without the subject's consent. Uh, this is the deep fake thing. So where it's yeah, but is it surely that falls under anti you know pornography or you think there were laws already? Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It's well, um, it's Florida. But, it's Florida. Yeah. So they're saying they have to establish new regulations because the current revenge porn doesn't cover it. What? Yeah. So you slap somebody's face onto that of a of a porn star, release that, and say, "Ah, oh, look what Andy's doing." Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just oh, you've you seen know, those, for example. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and 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 you can't be you 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 can't be arrested for it because it's deep fake and it's it's not doesn't well, fall under revenge. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can get arrested for it. I think the problem is it will fall down in the court system, right? But there's man. That sucks. That sucks. The one that doesn't surprise me at all is IT and DevOps staff more likely to click on phishing links. That's because, yeah. you know, ah, oh, we wouldn't fall for that click. Yeah. 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 We know what we're doing. We're protected. We're yeah. sandboxed. 
Yeah, we've exactly. got all the tools sitting here logged in as domain admins. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not on a sandbox. Yeah, <laughs> on the production network. Yeah. Uh, what was really interesting though is that VW. They there was someone at VW who uh, said that um, he raised some f- concerns about fraud in the payment system and everything. Oh, it was a whistleblower. It was a whistleblower, yeah. yeah. And he got fired for it. And so now people are like outraged. But VW is saying, no, they're, they're, he, he, there was lots of issues with him. There was lots of like, you know, red flags <laughs> on his... All whistleblowers are really poor employees, it seems. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so it's it's really one of those interesting things, though. Like you know, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. VW. It, it, for those of you who remember, they <laughs> in 2015 they they were caught like fiddling their their emissions. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? So the whole industry was clearly doing it because VW couldn't have been the only car manufacturer no. that couldn't get their emissions down. Uh, it's just that they were caught. Yeah, yeah, a bit like Lance Armstrong of the car world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you very much. A great set of stories here for this week's Industry News. The Host Unknown Podcast. Orally delivering the warm and fuzzy feeling you get when you pee yourself. <sighs> and talking of uh, peeing yourself, Andy, time for you and... Sweet of the week. And we always play that one twice. Sweet of the week. And this is a tweet from someone who goes by Rabbit. Um, and they say antivirus software is pro-vaccine propaganda restricting your freedom to run alternative <laughs> code. It's all part of the New World Order agenda to weaken your computer's natural immune system and make you dependent on security vendors. And whenever you sort of liken something to uh, anti-vax movements or stuff like that, it is, it's brought a whole lot of comments, right? I think, you know, Rabbit did something quite clever there. It made me chuckle. But then, you know, you got a whole load of responses. Many browser developers and security folks, myself included on both counts, have reservations about antivirus products for good reason. <laughs> What? I know. I mean, there are uh, good ones and there are less good ones, but really? And that's, you know, someone else has said, you know, comparing antivirus software to vaccines isn't a good argument if you want vaccines. The (laughs) caffeine antivirus ain't exactly a good option and Norton's crypto mining. Vaccines and antivirus are tools and you can choose good antivirus software, but so many are just bad. Come on. It's like, you know, comparing the the Sputnik uh, one to Kaspersky and... (laughs) I don't know the Sentinel One uh, product to to Pfizer, for, uh, for instance. <laughs> Just saying. Oh man, I like what uh, you did there. Uh, <laughs> there's there's got to be a, there, there's someone in 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 uh, marketing, uh, uh, you know, updating the employee of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they better be. They better be. Nina, if you're listening. <laughs> But uh, yeah, someone else said, I just let my computer catch all the viruses for the natural immunity, so I don't need it. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Man. Oh, dear. Excellent. Thank you very much for that one. Tweet of the week. And so we come hurtling into the brick wall and lamppost of the end of the show. 
Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. Jav, thank you, sir. Oh, you're welcome. Hope it wasn't too taxing for you. Uh, well, you know, all that coughing and spluttering all the way through, you know. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure you're exhausted and have to go and have a nice lie down. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, and Andy, thank you, sir. Stay secure, my friends. Stay secure. You've been listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, comment and subscribe. If you hated it, please leave your best insults on our Reddit channel. Worst episode ever. R slash smashing security. We, we haven't got time for a post-credit sequence because Andy's got to run to, to, to another uh, call and he's got to make some notes and make a cup of tea. Probably Earl Grey, actually. A bit, bit of, it will be Earl Grey. So whatever we do, we cannot waste any more time <laughs> at all. And I can't emphasize this enough. We cannot right. waste Guys, any I'm further gone. time. I'll catch up with you next week on the on this on this post <laughs> credit sequence. <laughs> Andy, Andy, uh, Andy, uh, Andy. Really need to ask you an important question. It, Andy, I need some tax advice for that I can pass on to Tom. <laughs>